702, good morning. Where, where are my girls at? Did you get that exchange between Alex and I? I, did, I didn't. Uh, what did I miss? What did I miss? She said, hey, and I went, ooh. <laughs> I was very, I jumped in. I was very much like, hey. <laughs> get the hell out of me. And uh, no clicking, and you you sound good this morning, Miss Miss Thomas. Oh, thanks. Um, good, I was prepared. Good morning. Welcome to the podcast edition of the Morning Reboot. We'll do some Throwback Thursday uh, within the hour of content that uh, we're happy to provide you here on Thursday, June 18th. Good morning, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, Floyd got a new car. <gasps> I saw that. His name is Vader, but oh. she's gender nonconforming, so... Their name is Vader, but I love her. <laughs> I- <laughs> Congratulations. Like I all the genders. I love her, him, they, them. This is the third yeah. car that I think you've had since we've been doing the show. And I have a question. Can you? I still don't understand how this, this lease thing works with where you're getting these vehicles. I don't feel like explaining it, but just know that uh, I can trade my car whenever I want to. So it, it's, it's the same story. I tell you every time, nothing changes. And I don't understand. So it's like the, the like AT&T iPhone upgrade plan. Like if you pay this, you can get a new one every 13 months. If it helps you understand. Absolutely. Oh, somebody's moody today. No, I'm not moody. No, 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 no. It's, so it's it's a leasing place that like helps people get off their feet when they have like trouble. But like I'm like, wait, I can lease a car and it's just a set amount and you do all the fixings on it. So I've been with them for like four oh, years. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, girl, I bet I'd be a loyal customer. And you do the change the air and the tire, and you do the oil change, and you That's do like good. right. I was like, bitch, this is perfect. Especially for me, because I am not good with keeping my car up to maintenance. That is a downfall of me. I know that. I remember when I first started driving, my mom was like, make sure you stay on your oil change. I'm like, okay, ma. Got in the car. I'm like, what the hell is the oil change? And then next thing you know, my hood of my car is smoking. She's like, did you get an oil change? I was like, yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what an oil change is, woman. That's how I am. I just got my car <laughs> fixed. I'm in the market for a new one, but I had to get repairs done. Okay. And I... Can, can it I, was outrageous. Hmm? Can, can I help you buy a new car? I love car buying. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, I'm going to give it like another six months or something like that because I just put $1,100 into mm. my car. Mm. Oh, you got to get that $1,100 worth. I had not gotten an oil change. It honestly got it. It had been like two years. <laughs> what? When oh, I, girl, your engine wasn't in the middle of the I know. I'm so surprised <laughs> I didn't blow up. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about, I, I, I'm not a car person. And when I moved out to Michigan, my dad had asked me, he's like, make sure you get an oil change like every six months or 3000 miles. Yep. And I didn't know the difference between oil change and putting oil in the car. So I, w- I remember I Floyd, I was at a speedway or whatever it was at Halstead and 12 mile, kind of where I used to live. And I just kept buying, I, I kept buying oil from, from inside, like the pints or the quarts and pouring it in. And like, I kept going inside and buying more. And the guy was like, yeah, you're getting a lot of oil there. And I had put 
three. I, so many, so many of these in. And like you, my car started to smoke. Thank mm-hmm. God there's an oil change place right next door and they had to drain it all because I, I didn't know the difference between oil change. And I was just going to pour. I didn't understand how to use the dipstick. I was the dipstick. I was just going to pour oil. <laughs> I was going to pour how many ever quarts or gallons or whatever of oil in, until it started to overflow, kind of like washer fluid. So or I have a question. <laughs> I have a question for you too. Do you guys get like shamed when you go to get your oil gonna, changed absolutely. or when you go to get your car fixed? Okay. Cause good. they'll be like, when's the last time you had oil change? Like, bitch, you tell me you under the hood. Yeah. And like, yeah. So every time I go get an oil change, it's like way after the fact or way after the date that they tell me and totally get shamed. It's like, when's the last time you had oil change? Like, sir, you see as well as I do the date on the, on my windshield. Or, uh, I take that off. I'm I'm usually embarrassed. I'll just hide it. I don't know. <laughs> and the, and like the last time I got an oil change in my own car, the guy was like, "You know, maybe next time you shouldn't wait so long." I was like, "Okay, Carl, leave me alone. At least I brought it in." <laughs> I, I know that if you don't get an oil change in timely fashions, um, your like your engine will be destroyed, and that's thousands of dollars. Alex, I don't get shamed because I'm I'm pretty diligent about it. I used to take it to a dealer, and I've uh-huh. stopped that because it was their sixty minutes was, ne- and I've been I, like four times. After four times mm-hmm. of being told about an hour, like about an hour, okay, so it's. Seven. It was always like an hour and a half, so I was done with that. Oh so no! That yeah. trip, it's a day I, job. I mean, it's a it's a whole day thing for where I go. I'm like, girl, that. I, I've, so I started taking it to the AAA near next to Tim Hortons near where I live. So I drop it off, and uh-huh. I, I think I've had two. I drop it off, and I walk home, and then I walk back. The good thing is I don't drive a lot. I've had my car since November of 18, and I have. I don't think I've hit 11,000 miles yet. Oh jeez. So. Yeah, no, I don't. I do, I go to the ones that I can drive in and stay in the car because that's just better for me. I'm with you. Like sometimes they're like, it'll be it'll be a half hour thermal. Okay, forty five minutes later, I'm like, come on, Jeffrey Lubithin, hurry up. Mm. <laughs> when, when you guys go through those, I I've stopped. My brothers told me too many bad stories. I'm not. My brother can embellish things, but he's told me too many bad stories. So I just, I avoid those. And the other reason I don't love going to them is, hey, you know, your uh, your carbon filter here that holds the, the glove box together is looking pretty. See this right here? Yeah. No, I don't want to change. No. I mean, what it, so yeah, there's a lot of upsells yeah. with that. Not, yeah. And you're stuck. I'm too, busy trying, I'm too busy trying to stay on the grate and not to go through the hole that's in the ground. Right. Right. <laughs> right. He's like, you need to move forward. I'm like, can you just do this? Nope, like, I just I'll say no. <laughs> hey, uh, I don't want to spend a whole ton of time on this because we have, there's a lot of things, a lot of good things that we can talk about. But Floyd, I know you weren't super caught up in what happened with the Atlanta shooting over the weekend. I was. You were out enjoying yourself, having fun as you should be. Oh, but I caught myself up. I, I I said, you know, I felt I had sympathy for that Atlanta officer because he he killed someone and he followed what he's taught. And in years to come, while he's rotting away in jail, protocols will have been changed. Well, I didn't know that he kicked a dead man. And um, so I I change all of that now. And and the fact that it could have gone from a cordial conversation to kicking a dead body, rotten fucking prison. And talking shit over his body. That's another alleged thing that's 
on the um, police cam. So, and I, I didn't render video. any aid. No aid was given when yeah. he was still alive. Yes, yeah, I, I and I watched the video. I was like, "Ooh, homeboy's dr- Ooh, homeboy, you should not be doing that." And then I was like, "Ooh, okay, maybe, maybe the officer's not at fault." But then, like, once I dove down the rabbit hole, I said, "Oh, Mister Man, your action, Mister Officer." <clears throat> Your actions after this incident, you get no sympathy for me because I was on I was on Eric's page. Like I saw the video, the guy was hostile. He grabbed the taser, um, put, shot the taser at one of the officers while still running. Um, he kind of fought with him. I was like, oh, this is not the same issue as what's going on in the world. But then, lo and behold, a dead body was kicked. Shit was talked about him, and apparently, he was still alive. So I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. Maybe that officer knew he was going to jail. And <laughs> he's like, you motherfucker. Right. Not like, that that's mm. right. No, it's, you like, know? it's like, get get your money. Get Like, if you're going to foul somebody, foul them hard. Um, Ugh, horrible, and, horrible and situation. I, I know that there's a ton of shit on the internet. And you can read what you I think I get some pretty decent reads. But there's something on usatoday.com yesterday and that site can take all the hits at once whatever um, I tweeted it out it was from some legal experts and it was it was fantastic like they walked through this thing like second by second and pointed out all the opportunities that the officers had to make sure that this didn't turn into that and the one that keeps jumping out to me they keep they kept saying officers and Floyd Taylor might have told us this before, like that they've got a wide latitude to make judgment decisions. Like that person mm-hmm. was going kind of fast, but they're not they're not reckless. And mm-hmm. this expert or legal person said that they had a uh, these officers had a lot of wide latitude. They totally could have. There's a lot of times where situations like this where they will drive the per, the drunk person home. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was I was stunned and surprised to to read I- to read all that. I always think when anytime someone's like an officer shot a, a person, not even necessarily kill them. I think that's like kind of like when you work in the service industry and you cut a corner at your job. I feel like that's mm-hmm. such the quick, that's just the quick, easy way out. Like he pulled my taser. So I shot him in the forehead. Like, you know what I mean? Or like, and my other thing was he grabbed one taser, right? Why did the other guy tase him? And I think the one that he grabbed was not operable. Like it wasn't, yeah. It was, I mean, I, the officer still had it on his hip, but what was it not able to actually, was it not in use? The, uh, that legal expert in that article said, had one of the officers shot Brooks while they were wrestling around, it would have been justifiable because yeah. of the, the, the wrestling. And, and But then he got away, and at that point, you know, it, it just went really awful. And um, so... Flint, I'm glad you got caught up on it. Alex, like you, I was surprised. But I was surprised that they charged him with felony murder. And it looks like he's going to do lots and lots of time in jail. And the other officer will um, testify against him. So there, there's no it's, fucking around anymore. No, no, there isn't. And I, I, you know, when I shared that, I didn't know, like you and everybody else, I didn't know the details afterwards. And it was just, I'm just... I, I was just kind of sub- shocked and I'm just like, why, why, why must you be so shitty? Even when most of us, myself included, were giving you the benefit of the doubt because there was a little like mm-hmm. scuffle, you know what and I, I mean? And I felt guilty about it. Like I was like, right. Oh. I did. I did too. I did too. But then at the same time, 
it's like then not that I was like feeling bad about myself, but I'm like, we are so damn conditioned to know, to feel like to expect death in a Mm -hmm. non-lethal situation. Like Thomas and I were even going back and forth on that because he's like, well, if the taser was operable, the officer could have gotten knocked out. So he had, and I'm just like, we are so damn conditioned to feel like we deserve death, that death is deserved because they have the ability to do it. Just because they have the ability to do it, we have to, un- you know what I mean? And I'm just like, that mm. is the problem. I've, That's the problem. We're trying to figure out if this was justified when it just wasn't. Like, it just isn't. Right. I've Good seen story. some people say exactly that. That, and, and if you watch it, I watched it with this perspective that things were cool and calm until he began to get arrested. And that's when that awful instinct kicked in of mm-hmm. uh, the guy in who was the who who was the guy killed in the van from the police giving him a bumpy ride. Oh, uh, uh, Freddie Gray. I, Freddie Gray. As soon as those handcuffs went on. Rayshard Brooks, like that kicked in. Like he was okay just having a cordial conversation. But when they said, I'm arresting you for drunk driving and the handcuffs went on, I could see the fear and him thinking death was imminent going Mm -hmm. through his head. So he became even more hostile. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, let, Let me go to something else, not as serious, but dramatic. Floyd, Floyd's up to speed on the, uh, on the friend blind date, right? Right, Floyd? Friend blind. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And did I? What did I say that it it went well? But then Faye told me that it wasn't so great. We just like to call her a womp womp womp. I'm sorry. Who had a blind date? So there's a girl that uh, she I, I came across her at a community function, and she's not from here. Been trying to help her out. Uh, you know, she wants to embrace things here and find some friends, stuff like that. It's it's challenging, and she's got a lot a big workload and. I don't think you know Faye, but she's another friend of mine. Um, and she always wants to hang out and do stuff because she just got rushed through graduation f- with UT for nursing, but she can't find a job right now. So she got a, li- a lot of free time. And um, because of my schedule sucking, I just figured I'll let the, I'll introduce the two of them together. They can hang out. They can socialize with one another. Uh, they hung out last Thursday. Seemingly, I thought it went great. Apparently, it didn't. Um, and then I got the strangest text yesterday morning. Um, and in some ways, look, I've said this on the air today. I don't, not mean spirited, even though, um, even by discussing some of these things, uh, it, it could be hurtful, but I mean, it's, it's not intentional and I don't think it's that short sighted, but the other girl, not Faye texted me yesterday morning, the strangest text. Again, this was a friend date. Like I, I wanted to connect these two people so that they don't have to go out and go to a bar by themselves for right. safety reasons, and because just pe- people don't like doing that. Mm-hmm. She said, "Did Faye not like me?" Oh Uh-oh. no! Oh, like that's something I expect after, like a date date, not two people who are I'm. I'm simply trying to like put together in the same physical space. So, Aww. do you know what my answer was? What? You probably should have said the truth. Yeah, you probably did. We talked about this, Eric. I said nope. <laughs> oh my god. And about an hour but later... But you know what? I would want someone to tell me the truth, because I don't want to lust after a friendship if they're not... If A friendship and relationship is like 50-50. Like, I need you to like me equal parts as I like you, so we can have a good time. But yeah, so... An, an hour later, right. an hour later or so, 
after uh, like a the second to last text being called a real asshole. Um, I that that was that. I just wanted nothing to do with it. But and I I tried to be delicate. I think I was like I think she said that you kind of had a like a sour attitude. And the, so and, she oh and she does. She called you a real asshole. Yup. <laughs> so somehow. Oh well. Honesty is not always the best policy. Oh, I know, I know, but like I, I'm the opposite of Jim Carrey's liar, liar. Like we talked about this, Eric. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to uh, souk ten- <laughs> souk tonight with uh, Faye and Juliana for oh. friend date number two. Um, Floyd, can you can you make it about five thirty? I'm not gonna work in that fucking hellhole. All right. Well, I'm going to let Faye read this back and forth because it's entertaining. In fact, I should sell tickets to this back and forth I got from this girl yesterday. I'll be your friend. Poor girl. Hey, hey now. She's very much a mood suck and a downer. So, Also, Alex, I need to say something to you. What? Thank you for allowing me to take pictures of your man because he is still my screensaver. (laughs) What? We had a we had a wild night. <laughs> oh, Saturday? <laughs> yeah. And then kept yeah. making Thomas polls for pictures. I said, "You care about your if you're if you're my screen saver?" He's like, "I don't care." I said, "Okay, good." So every time I Thomas, lock my phone, I'm like, "Oh yes." Thomas is uh, Floyd's bodyguard. I didn't know mm-hmm. Thomas was out with you guys. He, does he actively avoid pictures? No. Well. It depends on how much alcohol he's had. This time he had had he had had enough alcohol to be completely social and mm-hmm. pose for pictures. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, he was living his best life. He was living his best life. He was a chatty Kathy, and now he's a body. He's like, yeah, I'll do the bodyguard thing. So Floyd loved it. Floyd's like Thomas. Floyd, maybe he can maybe he can be your your body double um, and go to work for you. No. Um. How how's your no, face? What? How's your face? Gorgeous as ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, Does it feel good um, now? No. Um. Um. My yesterday was miserable at work because my jaw just hurt. I don't know if anyone has ever had jaw pain, like lower jaw uh-huh. pain. Let mm-hmm. me tell you, I've never had upper jaw pain ever. That shit hurt. Like, it was yeah. the worst, like, from where they pulled my teeth to, like, the bridge of my lip to my nose was just all in pain yesterday. And I was like, I don't like this feeling. And for sake of conversation, I actually talked about this. Hers was a little bit more different. But, like, my <laughs> teeth hurt. Like, all of them. Like, I could feel mm-hmm. each one of them throbbing. And I was like, ugh. So I took ibuprofen. And, like, you know how ibuprofen <clears throat> works. You know the pain is still there. But you're kind of just like, I can push through. But let me tell you, the six to eight hours where the ibuprofen worked, Ooh. let me tell you, that hour eight when it wore off, all that pain came back. So yesterday was an experience. Today's fine. I'm Like, it's just tender now. So, but... I don't know what it was yesterday. I don't know if I slept, like, my jaws unaligned, but I woke up, and I was just like, my ears hurt, my nose hurts. Oh, yeah. My damn teeth hurt. And I'm just like, I'm not going to be able to talk 
So of course I tried to find someone to take my shift, and everyone's like, "Oh, I'm busy. I'm sorry. I have a doctor. Oh, I have to hang out with my mom." Oh. I was like, "Okay, all right, okay." Excuses. So is it, is it one of those things where it gets worse the older you get? Like it's like how they say if you get your tonsils out as an adult, it's awful. So from what I understand from my dentist, my top wisdom teeth should have been in about time I was 25. Mm-hmm. And from what she understands and the way they work, she, you could dentists are really good with that. Like the way they were aging and decaying and the way they broke off. Mine came in at 30. Mm. And they never gave me a problem until like 35, 36, 35 and 36. And I noticed like the real pain around 36. I was like, every time I would eat, something would be like mm. gritty and hard. And I would feel in the back like, Oh, come on, dude. There's a tooth back there. So, but yeah, so they're supposed to be gone because I got my bottom ones taken out 18, 19. My sister got all hers taken out like 16, 17. Yeah, I was 18. Yeah, I was a late bloomer when the top ones came in. That's not a fan. Yeah, so I would, to answer your question, I don't remember my bottom ones being this painful. Well, or sore. Glad you're through it. Yeah, Alex. Um, yeah. Any interest in talking about your your day later on today? Can we do any of that at all? Can we just wish you good luck? Is that how you want to do it? Yeah, that's cool. Good no. luck. Thank you. Boy, so, do you remember what we're wishing good luck for? What happened? I can't tell you on air. Right, we're not. Yeah, on air. I was drunk, <laughs> but I wasn't drunkity drunk drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared. I'm ready. Good. You, can, I, can I have a moment? I know it. we're not supposed to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about my how my, my high school celebrity crush is charged with rape and I don't know how to handle <gasps> this? Is that who your crush was? Oh, I loved him in high That's school. That's not like, funny. I, That's not funny. Like, he was like, I remember the girls had like Teen Bop magazines and no one thought he was attractive. And I was like, can I hang him up in my locker? And like, my friends Lindsay Duke and Shayna Sawyer, I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to say their last names. They're probably married now with kids. They are. But like, they were like, yeah, you can have this picture of him. And for me to wake up to that news this morning, my 16-year-old heart is devastated. But if he did do it, screw him. Didn't didn't you did you remember the story from a couple like he got kicked off that show because of these allegations 3 years ago. Mm-hmm. And like he he did like it, he did very much what um cuz the way he got caught was very much what the officer did in Rossford. Like he kind of like groomed the women and like found oh, some information no. out about them and then like looped around and like was like Hey, I know this about you. We should go on a date. So, like, I know that part of him is true, but like, as a fan, I know I'm going to get hate for this. I don't want to think he raped three women, but like, the more and more I read these stories, the more and more I'm just like, damn, these are three different women, women, three different women with the same story, not even in the same area. So I'm just like, why can't people just be decent anymore? Just. Ah. That's sad. Yeah. I, Floyd, you said it. I, this is not like one instance where you can go, eh, it's just somebody trying to come after him, maybe. It's, right. it's like he was a, a predator uh, mm-hmm. then. And I'm, I was, I, I guess, statute of limitations and things like that are out there. Um, and his lawyer said what you would expect his lawyer to say. And I'm curious to see what happens because this is now almost 20 years ago. I think it was from, from 2001 and 2003. 2000, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wonder like for for some of the other celebrities that have that know that they have done some foul shit back in their day, and they it hasn't been brought to light. Like, I wonder how they feel. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Like, do you, yeah. do you get the same amount of sleep at night? Like, do you, like, literally you should be afraid. <laughs> at, <laughs> right. And it's not funny. It's not funny at all, but it's, but it's true. Like the ones who had, who knew they did some shit and they got away with it because they were a celebrity or, you know, whatever. There's a, there's a, a sports Twitter account called old takes exposed and mm-hmm. it's people who said something five years ago and it gets retweeted when you know, they're completely wrong three years later. Uh, like, oh, the Patriots will never win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. And then here, this happens. And yeah, it's, it's kind of like that, I wonder. Because a lot of people have done a lot of, a lot of awful, awful things. Um, not just against women, but, you know, other <laughs> criminally deviant stuff. Bless you. Right. And, and you do wonder. Thank you. Drop it all on my face. Mm, me too. Thanks for the COVID. <laughs> uh, here's another instance of of me not knowing, um, and I was never ignorant about it. But now, now I'm up to speed, and I'm I'm kind of waiting to get an email saying that we're off tomorrow, or that we get a a floating holiday to use because of tomorrow. Um, I oh. didn't. I've seen Juneteenth on my phone for years now, and I never knew what it was. But I'm up oh, to speed oh. now. Um, yeah. it is it is a national holiday. National. It is a um, well, though I'll say it's a federal holiday considered by J.C. Penney, so they get time and a half tomorrow. Good. Guess who don't wow. work on June? Guess who don't work on June nineteenth? This black man here. Oh. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take it as a vacation though. We good. I'm mad so about it. There's there's like I've known about Juneteenth for a really long time because I had a coworker when I was a teenager who wouldn't work on that day. She wouldn't work on. She was an older woman. She wouldn't work on Juneteenth and she would not work on Martin Luther King Day. And she's like, no black people should be working on these two days. And so even though, even though we don't have them off, you know, or even though we may not have them scheduled off, we need to schedule them in the in advance. We do not need to be working on these days. So that's actually how I learned about it. And and thank God, like I didn't realize this about my employer until a little while ago. But like we work on Columbus Day and we don't work on Martin Luther King Day. And we chose that. Like that was not, you know, that that was not something that it just because it's recognized as like a federal right. holiday or whatever bank holiday. Like my bot, my our executive director was like, no, we're gonna work on Columbus Day, but we do not work on Martin Luther King Day. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's right. I I when I read up on it, um, and I I'm my favorite part of American history is learning about civil war stuff. And I, I never, I never knew about this. I never read anything about it. Um, and I'm glad I'm up to speed on it now in Ohio. It's been acknowledged, um, since 2006, I believe. And and most States do recognize it. And I would, uh, I, I'm, if there were another president, I'm, I'm sure it would be a considered a federal holiday, but it's good to see, even if they're just doing it for the optics, there's a lot of places that are doing things today, giving or giving employees time off tomorrow or time and a half if they're working. So I'm curious to see if, if it will be a federal holiday at some point. I would be, I would love to have seen the look on the slaves in Texas faces uh-huh. when those union generals showed up. It, it, it's almost like, um, it's like you're going through a time machine and I, I hate to make light of this, but this is what we kind of do with our show and our podcast and our dialogue. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. the Emancipation Proclamation freed slaves in the in the uh, in the slave states, so uh-huh. that the Union would stop getting its ass kicked and could could fight in the uh, in the war. Um, and 
that message never made it to Texas because Texas was practically like an ocean away. And uh, I think the proclamation was in 63. And uh-huh. the beginning of 63 was an executive order. And then two years later, like after, I think, yeah, after Lincoln had been shot and killed, <clears throat> some union dudes show up in Texas and be like, oh shit, we forgot to let you guys, we forgot to tell you about this. But wasn't it also they refused? Like they like the they knew about it, but they refused to acknowledge it. So it wasn't like that it was like forgotten. It was also a bit of you know what I mean? Like you can't tell me what to do. And that and the Texan. They've always been an issue. <laughs> that's and that's what I'm saying. Like that like that so in many ways, like I feel like there's that mentality is still like around, like where it's like you can't, government can't tell me what to do. You can't, you know. And I, <laughs> no judgment that, to, to to like a white person, but like the privilege of being able to say nope. You know what I mean? Like executive order, whatever. Nope, I'm gonna do what I want. You can't tell me what to do with my Confederate flag. You can't tell me what to do. You know, it, it's like it was right. there and. It was there in 1863. It's there now. To that, <laughs> 19, to the, whatever the year was. To that point, <laughs> um, just quickly, because we have uh, there's some other things to tap into here, and we'll get to throwback as well. Um, I was reading a story, and I don't know if you guys saw it. It was also <laughs> on USA Today. Some pl- like Bethel, Ohio. I guess oh, it's near Cincinnati. Uh, there was a Black Lives Matter (laughs) protest or rally and the, the townies thought that like people were coming from Columbus and Detroit and Cincinnati and were going to descend on their little white city and pillage and plunder. And there was like a hundred people, but it was like the people in Bedford standing on Todd's roof, lining the streets for these people and after reading that story, and it's a pretty extensive, exhaustive read, I, I, you know, this is a big place. There's a lot of different people that live here, but at this point, and it's fucking sad, but there's just going to be some places in this country that don't like people who aren't white, ever. And it's sick. So, I just don't, like, I read that, and I watched the videos, and I actually got the opposite vibe. Like, I, I thought that there were anti-protesters that were being the ones bust in, not just, you know what I mean? Like, they were the ones that were coming from other cities because they had like 80 protesters and they weren't even protesters. Like she, she mentioned, she's like, it wasn't really a protest. It was just a gathering and it was a social justice gathering. And there was about 80, you're right, 80 to a hundred of them, but there was 800 anti-protesters. So there was 800 of the white folks coming in screaming all lives matter. And they were the ones coming in with, I'm like, why do you have a bat? Like, why do you have a club and a bat and a Ugh. rifle? I like, I just it's like I a cannot. lynch mob. I, oh, yeah. It was literally a lynch mob, and they were shouting like racial slurs. And it's like, do you not realize you are the reason these things are happening? Like, do you not realize that? Like, we can't even like I can't sit here and say like pit bulls matter without somebody coming in like pit bulls bite people they attack people you know what i mean like i just it's oh like, the good old sunny voice i love it yeah that's what i thought <laughs> sunny which sunny is on the side of pit bulls not on the anti-pitbull um but it, it's like i was like don't you realize like you showing up with your bat ready for a fight sh- literally shouting 
racial slurs at these people. Mm. Are, you're the reason these things happen, and I can't stand. And, I cannot and, stand a whack ass militia up like you've got your tactical gear on and your rifle just so you have an I cannot stand that. I can't stand it. And sure enough, you yeah. have your like rifle boys ready to go. <laughs> Since also, if you're like, I'm sorry, if you if you are there to counter protest with mm-hmm. all lives matter and you're throwing out racial slurs, automatically your right. fight is invalid. Because if you're calling me a racial slur, um, I'm part of the all lives that you preach about, bro. Like right. you know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't work that way. So it's just so like their fight is just so diluted with ignorance and bigotry and just foolishness. Since yeah. um, there's places like that, they they love the lost cause thing with the Confederacy. A lot of them. Um, uh-huh. Hello. Oh, there are, you go. Are you there? Yeah. Um, places like that to me, sadly. Yeah, we're here, we're here. Places like that to me are sadly lost causes to make more inclusive, kind of like what happened in Bedford. Like I was concerned that there would be the rally there and something bad would happen. And there's been several now and nothing bad has happened except for last Friday night where Todd and his people were on top of the roof of his his gun place. And like some place I'm content. I, I'd rather us get the problems out of cities and mm-hmm. leave those little small towns. Like, if you want to have your two thousand people of racism, fine. Like, it, it it just seems like you don't want to go into the hornet's nest to stir it up. Is that is that terrible to think, Alex? So no, I don't think that it's terrible. But I think that, and maybe maybe this because you and I had to talk about this sim- a similar talk yesterday. But I feel like the fact that eight hundred people showed up is a representation of those in our country and in our cities and our Toledo's and in our Perrysburg's that aren't saying anything. They aren't showing up to the protest. They may be a Twitter warrior. Like they may be the ones, you know, giving those inappropriate messages on the news sites. You know what I mean? But those are the ones that are also going to get up and go vote for the, for president Trump. They're going to be the ones that aren't going to be in your face shouting something, um, but are still thinking like all of this is shit. They don't understand. They feel like all lives matter. They feel like we're idiots. They don't get it. And that's what worries me. Cause I'm like, how the fuck did 800 people show up in this little itty bitty town? And then I was like, and how is this not getting any more news coverage that they had bats and rifles and were shouting racial slurs and they mm-hmm. were the aggressors. Well, like, that's why I, I think like if you're, Black Lives Matter, just leave those towns alone. Because if they didn't go, the 800 wouldn't have showed up and, and felt more more emboldened. Yes. I, yes and no. Like, I absolutely think that, like, in, the, in towns like that, like, not to say, like, they should not be disturbed, but you're not really. But, like, imagine the black person living in that town. You know what I mean? Like, in feeling terrified like I feel like I feel sometimes a little when I'm walking around even in friggin Perrysburg township and I'm like I wonder if people are looking at me or like I wonder if people want to shout all lives matter because it's just that automatic there's a black person I bet she believes black lives matter you know what I mean like it sucks for that person the lady that they interviewed in the story where they started the story with I think her husband was black and she she said look my mom doesn't talk to him and sometimes people look, but mostly we're left alone. I just don't know how much 
I don't know if the risk is worth the reward. In the, that's why, and I just do the numbers. Like, if those eighty people didn't go into that town to try to educate two thousand people, the eight hundred wouldn't have showed up. Like, I'd rather have those eighty people concentrate in in places where there are larger populations where people might be more willing to listen to you. And it sucks for that black husband, but I just don't know how much good you're going to do there. But that's eighty, true. but eight hundred racists. Got their faces shown. So there's the positive of it. You know what I mean? Like, as much as we say we don't have to, but them 800 people showed up, most of them exposed their face. So now I know that Kenny from down the street was at a counter protest. I'm like, all right, Kenny, you own that ice cream shop. I'm going to Netty. Like, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely not. Let me ask you guys about uh, feelings from your childhood, things that you felt, things that you. Is it race related? Oh Lord! <laughs> it's anything really. But and I'll and I'll, I'll bring us into. I think I do a good job constructing these. And if I if I don't, you guys tell me. You know, present things differently. Um, when you were younger, things. Good example. I could always tell that my parents didn't love one another because they weren't very affectionate or intimate. Um, in front of my face. And when I was late, when I was fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. But I couldn't. The thought was too complex for me to understand as a child. Mm-hmm. So things that you kind of knew as a kid instinctually, but you couldn't put into words. Do you have any feeling? Did you have any things like that when you were a kid? Um. So I yes, the same. The so there was a few things that, and one some I was right and some I wasn't right. And I was actually talking to, I was talking to my mom about this actually the other day because she didn't know. When I was a kid, I also knew that my parents didn't love each other because they didn't show, like, they just coexisted. Like, they weren't even, like, friends, if that makes any sense. Like, mm-hmm. they they didn't, like, they, there was no affection or love shared between the two, and there wasn't really any friendship. <laughs> Most of the time, I'm like, I think my mom's annoyed with my dad. <laughs> so it was like, I knew, and, I, and my mom, you know, they they stayed together until I was 18 because they didn't, you know, they didn't want us to like live in separate households. And I'm like, well, but we knew, like, we knew that you guys. And I appreciate, while I appreciate that very much, like that means that you never got an opportunity to have like a real loving relationship. And that makes me sad or show an example for us as to what a real loving relationship actually is. Like, so now I didn't get to see that. Um, yeah. So maybe that, that I, I definitely okay. realized that. So like me. Floyd, what about you? No. I'm like trying to, I'm literally here, like my gears are turning in my head. Okay. I'm like, I don't really think I have like an idea. Like the only thing I think of is very lighthearted. Like I have a type of man, but that takes to Lionel and He-Man. Um, <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> like I'm like, I remember like growing up, I was like, these characters are kind of attractive. Why do they look like that? And then I got older, I was like, Oh my god! All these men I crush after look like He Man and Lionel from Thundercats. So, so I don't know. I just I, maybe because maybe most of the shows when I was because I was a cartoon kid. Like my mom and dad pretty much loved each other, and like they divorced pretty early, so we didn't even catch on to anything. Um, maybe that my cartoon shows were a lot more sexualized than I thought they were. They were and, like fun. as I got older, and as I got older and watched them, I was like, "How did you let me watch this?" Or like me singing certain songs in the back of my mom's Nissan, like, I, like I, mine is more lighthearted. 
Like, I should not have been singing Freak Me by Silk. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but my mom was like, but my mom was like, yes. you didn't know the words? I was like, I would sing that song to my sister. That didn't make you uncomfortable as a mother? She said, boy, you didn't know what those words meant. But, like, as I got older, I would serenade. My, I think I talked about this before, Eric. I would serenade. Sorry, I guys. In the back seat together. You're good. Like, I would serenade my sister to these songs my mom played in the car. And as I got older, I go, no man should ever sing that to his sister, ever. Floyd He-Man like, was foreshadowing for your emerging sexuality. Yeah, that's fine. Because, like, I could watch He-Man to this day and be like, hey, Adam, because that's He-Man's real name, Alex. <laughs> so to bring this back around, what I thought when I was younger, because I remember reading books like, uh, I think I was very young. I must not have been eight or nine years old, maybe 10, uh, when I read Huckleberry Finn or Tom Sawyer, or one of them. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad explaining, or maybe even in school, they explained the N-word that is used repeatedly in that book. Um, that's the earliest I remember um, about you know a, a deeper race discussion. So around that age or whenever I was, I knew that when um, my dad made pancakes on Saturday morning, something about Aunt Jemima didn't sit right with me. <laughs> really? Oh, and then I get older and I'd walk down the breakfast aisle and I'm like, and I would I would cringe a little bit because I'm like. That looks like slavery, and you know what? So does Uncle Ben. And you, I my mean, mom you, would never buy. Right. My mom never bought Aunt Jemima or Uncle Ben, and she didn't even buy Mrs. Butterworth either. Because she, <laughs> she, no, no, no. I'm yeah. and I was just like, it never hit. I let me just say, I was a kid who grew up in a very mixed community. Like even I grew up on an air, uh, an army base. Like yeah. there was like there was white, black. Asian. Um, I believe uh, my teacher was my my third grade teacher was Native American. So like, it was. So, and I think I said this to Eric before. When I moved to Toledo, it was a culture shock because I went to a mixed race community to like an all white community. Like I left yeah. there and I went to Washington local, and I was like, "Where are all the?" And like, I didn't have the words for it. But I was like, "Why am I the only dark person here?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, for me, it was, like, the total opposite of, like, we're... and then, like, growing up, my cousins went to TPS, which was predominantly black, because they went to Libby and Rogers. So, like, it was it was a definite culture shock moving from Fort Huachuca, Arizona to Toledo, Ohio. And, like, I think that was my first bit of, like, I wouldn't say even racism was kind of, when I noticed that people were different than me, was, like, seventh and eighth grade when I was like the lone black person in an entire school. Yeah, walking walking down the, the supermarket aisle and my mom's like, Go go grab some go grab some pancakes. It, it's the it smell, <laughs> smells like uh smells like breakfast. I'm like, nah, it smells like racism, smells like exploitation. You better get some biz quick. Yeah. So uh, we first of all we got log cabin. We never got uh, Mrs. Butterworth <laughs> or Aunt Jemima. But one thing that I was going to, the other part that I was going to say is the one thing that I did know at a very young age is that I was different. Like I knew that I was different because I was like, I didn't look like the other black kids and I didn't look like the white kids. And I knew, and like at a, when you're like a biracial person, and I'm sure there's many biracial people. And if I actually explain like my percentages, I'm, I'm a black woman, like, you know what I mean? But it's like, I have to explain that technically I'm a biracial person. 
but it, it's like I remembered when I at a very young age that I was different and I re, and it took me a long time a long time because because I thought I was different I thought I was ugly so I'm like oh I'm ugly like I don't look like everyone else well, you're like, ugly I, because I you're ugly I literally <laughs> honest to god and I had I was in like a mixed community but my predominant like Oh, the sports that I played and in, in my social events, I was around a lot of other white kids. And so I was like the black kid. And so I thought I was then automatically ugly. Cause like, even when you're a kid, it's like none of the white boys thought I was cute. Like I didn't have boyfriends when I was younger, mm -hmm. like some of the other girls had. And I'm like, it's because I'm black. It's <laughs> and I'm ugly. And I literally carried that through probably until high school and then when I got to high school, it was like I was the mixed girl. And so, like, I wasn't, like, black enough for the black kids. But for the white kids, like, I was still black. So I was still different. So it was just like, oh, Lord. It wasn't until I was, like, <laughs> in my 20s that I'm like, okay, like, I'm different. But I'm still, you know, I'm cute. I'm cute. We're, <laughs> I'm me. We're running, out, we're, running out of, we're running tight on time. And I'm going to get us a throwback. But maybe next week we can get into just that or we can do an extra podcast sometime because with all the discussion about racism and I know that you know Black Lives Matter is a united front but we have not even gotten into and, and I can't believe that I'm even thinking about this but I'm, I'm sure other uh, uh, black people have we haven't even gotten into the inner race racism that exists oh, yeah. between colorism? yeah is oh, that yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's when you ask a, a mixed, I mean, it's, it's just, it was a lifelong battle. It still is like to this day, I still get told what I should be identifying as what I should be saying. I feel guilty, like for certain things. It's, I mean, it's just like, it is the most complicated shit on the planet and Alex, not in like a woe is me. You know what I mean? Not in a woe is me kind of way, just in like a reality. Like this is what I lived with. Like, this is how I grew up. This is what. I experience. Alex, I don't even mean you as someone who is black and white. I mean someone who is black, but they are dark or they are light oh. and, and how there's that disparity. Oh, yeah. So, I've, I I mean, I know watching movies and whatever and you hear language and the things that, that are said about certain shades of black people. I'm like, what is... Wow. All right. There will be no black people. Um, I guess they are specifically excluded from this because all pop from the mid-2000s is the theme for Throwback Thursday today. Mm, bring it on. All right. Bring it on. Back to when Major Magics and the Southwick Mall were things. The Mud Hens weren't downtown and neither were you. That's how long I've been on ya. And the storm played on the east side. It's time for Throwback Thursday with the morning reboot on Q105. Sorry guys, my headphones died so the, the popping is back. All right, we'll make it quick. Floyd, who were some of the black ones in that genre? Like in the alternative? Yeah, like alt pop stuff. Oh, there was only one. Who? C.C. Dobson. I love her. Oh, I'm. That's not an alternative song. Yeah. Um, her whole music is alternative. How dare you? It's all. It's alternative. Like, she, like she's it, the black Avril Lavigne, and I only say that because she's also Canadian. It's alternative because it was the alternative of being a hit song, but. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um I you know you could say the uh like Gwen Stefani's guitarist, the, the Tony guy? I don't know. I, I don't follow them. F this th these are kind of like um and I I don't know if the zone does this, but um a lot of this 
A lot of these songs were like on 89X. Do you, Floyd, I know you know 89X, right? That's, a, that's a, on the way to Michigan. Yeah, yeah. It's a, the Canadian alternative station for Detroit. Alex, do you know it? Nope. Okay. So there was a time where some alternative stations were, they were, they were, they played songs that became big pop hits. And it'll make more sense when I start to play these. Is everyone ready? Ready. Yeah. Here, first up. Floyd. Alex. Floyd. Fall Out Boy, Dance Dance. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> Black people love Fall Out Boy, girl. I did. I, they were all right, but I knew that song. Um, next up. <laughs> I tear my heart open. I sew myself shut. My weakness Anybody? is nope. that I can't really? do much. You guys know the song. And my scars remind me that the past is real. Papa Roach, Scars. Oh, mm. no. Didn't they, go too deep into Papa Roach other than like What the, the hell the Papa Roach? This is my last resort. Yeah, I still work out oh. to that song. Uh, next up. Floyd. Alex. Floyd. That, that Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. Yep. <laughs> from what movie? Oh, that's from Daredevil, the yeah. most underrated Marvel movie ever. There you go. Next up. Floyd. Floyd. That's um, My Immortal, Evanescence. Yeah. I'm getting my ass kicked. Yeah, you are. I went to Whitmer. Don't feel bad. Next up. Floyd. Alex. Floyd. I write sins, not tragedies. Panic of the Disco. Yeah. And and that song is really like the, the center point of the, the alt-pop stuff. Like, I remember us. That video us, was fucking weird. We played that song on Tower 98.3 like 78,000 times. A day. Yes. Yes, a day. All right, next up. Alex. Alex. Beverly Hills, Weezer. Alex is on the board. Yay. I love, That's a good song. Next up. Alex. Floyd. Alex. Gorillas. Um, oh, fuck. I don't know the name. Floyd? It's Feel Good Inc. The Gorillas. Yeah. Are they? Did, did, have you guys I ever saw s- them. You saw the. I saw them live. I saw them live in Detroit. I thought they were a real band. Right. I didn't know they were going to be on a big old jumbotron and digitally enhanced. I was like, oh, they are cartoons. (laughs) Next up. I like them a lot. Oh, Alex. Alex. Is this the? Is it the Killers? Be my girl. Floyd, you want to give the artist a shot? I don't know. But we remember the way off into our singing. We remember the song, right? Yeah. Jet, are you gonna be my girl? Who was oh, it? Oh, I wouldn't know. Jet, J E T. Oh no, I, I wouldn't know. All right, next up. Alex. 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 Floyd. Green Day. Oh. Um, Floyd. That's holiday. Yes, it holiday. is. Damn yes, it is. Next up. Alex. Green Day. Um. Floyd. Um, Broken Heart of Empty Dreams. Uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a good. Oh, I'm about to download all this. I'm, you making me relive my Caucasian days at Whitmer. Alex, you are fouling balls off left and right. You can't seem to put anything in play here. Where's the Sum 41? Where's the like newfound glory? That was earlier. This remember, this is mid 2000s. 
Oh, no, I thought we were early 2000s. Sorry, bro. Next up. Floyd. Floyd. Mr. Brightside, the killer. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I've told you, I said this in the air before, I'll say it again. At Justin and Lucas's wedding last year, last October, I have never seen non-athlete white people jump so high before. Listen, listen I say people this. People love that song. I, white people love that song. And I always tell people, it is the new age, don't stop believing. Yeah. Because like, anytime you play that song drunk, my Caucasian like friends lose their freaking minds. I don't like it. I mean, I know it, but I don't Destiny. <laughs> That's all I know, too. But it's right. just a price I pay. <laughs> a, nice, a nice win for Floyd today, but I've got one more song. Alex. Alex. Danny California, Red Hot Chili Peppers. She got one. Thank uh, you. Thank I'm not you, a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, but is that a... They did they always use I don't know my instruments. Do they always use a snare drum in their songs? A lot of yeah, they did. I they like did. I like that instrument. Um with like the other side and that whole two thousands era of the chili peppers. I, I like that that instrument. I love the chili peppers. Alex, good luck. I like fresh red peppers. <laughs> Thank you. And you probably would like Anthony Kiedis because he's always topless. <laughs> oh, he's the one with the long hair. He had the sock with his dingling. Yes. <laughs> no. Hey if, hey, if you're gonna jerk off into it, you might as well wear it. Ew. So maybe on well, maybe next Thursday we'll have stuff to talk about about what happens today. Oh, well, oh, yes, 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 yes. Floyd, um, on a scale of one to ten, where's your pain level at? Oh, I'm at like a three. Like it's oh, good. like it's it's just there. Like I was telling a live sheet yesterday, I said, I forget, it's, okay, so, I know about the wrap up. So, it's kind of like when you have, like, a crook in your neck or, like, a joint in your body hurts, you never realize how much you move it. Like, have you, like, had, like, a wrist pain, you're like, I'm moving my wrist again? Jesus. I never realized how much I lick my gums. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, am I really licking my gums again? Because, like, the pain won't be there, but then my tongue will be like, like, instinctively, like, I don't even, like... Without any like fine motor skills or like connecting to the brain, I just start licking my gum. I'm just like, really? Stop. All right, Grandpa Floyd. It's it's like paying attention to when you blink. Yes. (laughs) You're like, I'm blinking again, man. Yeah. (laughs) Um, all right, Floyd, hopefully today is a decent day at work. Maybe somebody I know will come visit you. Alexandria, Miss Thomas, good luck with uh with stuff happening today. Thank you. Floyd, wrap this up. In the words of RuPaul, don't fuck it up and bye. Bye.